Okay. Hello, everybody. In today's interview with Experts series, we have none other than the famous Chris J. Mohawk Reed. Now, um, Chris is also the only CEO with a Mohawk, as he describes himself. He's been named an official LinkedIn power profile, uh, has one of the world's most viewed searched LinkedIn profiles with over 55,000 followers, and has also won the Social Media Entrepreneur of the Year. Australia's most influential digital media professional and B2B social media influencer of the year. And uh, Chris, it's uh, a pleasure to have this opportunity to interview you today. So welcome to the interview. Thank you, David. Hey, absolutely fantastic to be here. It's better to be in uh, uh, talking about LinkedIn with someone who knows almost about as much about LinkedIn as I do. Thank you. I, I appreciate the compliment. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about your journey and how you actually got started with uh, LinkedIn and online in general and uh, how it's actually led you to where you are today. Well, to me, it all came out of necessity. I moved to Singapore uh, 10 years ago. I didn't know anybody. So I started reaching out to my two of the connections in London. Said, Who do you know in Singapore? And they said, oh, meet so-and-so, meet so-and-so, meet so-and-so. So you connected them through LinkedIn. They all said yes, because Singapore is the kind of place where you say yes to these kind of things. And then those people kind of got me a job by networking through LinkedIn. Those jobs were marketing and sales jobs across the whole of Asia Pacific. So I started using LinkedIn because I didn't know anywhere else how to actually communicate or how to engage with people uh, apart from through LinkedIn. And how do you, you know, how do you find a CMO or CEO of various brands in China or Indonesia or Malaysia or Australia, for example, you don't have LinkedIn, very, very hard have a local community, especially if you weren't brought up there. We started using LinkedIn to do it. And then the company I worked for at the time said, oh, you're getting amazing success on LinkedIn. You should train our staff. You should basically manage our profiles. And then other people said the same things. I started winning awards from LinkedIn. So I thought, okay, this is my business. I, was a, I had a business in the UK, but I couldn't transfer it over to, um, to Singapore. This was very much, you know, this was the business I, was, I could see was going to work. I could see no one else was doing it, and I could see it was a real niche because it's only LinkedIn. It's not other parts of B2C social media. It's only B2B social media. Okay, fantastic. And so what are some of the, uh, some of the best results that you've seen some of your clients achieved via LinkedIn that you could tell us about without divulging who those clients might be? I mean, it is phenomenal. I've got a client, for example, in Singapore, who we help them create a personal brand, a content marketing, and a social selling strategy. And then we basically do the same thing for them in Shanghai, in Guangzhou, in Hong Kong, in Sydney. And suddenly he had an Asian Pacific presence all through LinkedIn. And everyone knew him because of LinkedIn. Fantastic. Fantastic. And it's, it's once you understand LinkedIn, and it, it's actually not that hard to do, but the key is you have to understand exactly how it works. Has that been your experience? Very, very, very much so. I mean, it's because LinkedIn themselves don't make it very easy to actually understand LinkedIn. So it's yeah. like they actually make it deliberately difficult, I think, so that people actually don't know how to use it, so they're just by advertising and don't know what to do. So people like us, for example, have to come along and do workshops, masterclasses, and in our case, actually take over people's profiles and do it for them to enable them to actually maximize their usage and maximize what they do on LinkedIn. Are you still there? You've, you've dropped out a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, yes. yes. Right. Catching away here to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all right. And so you've, you've put together a, um, a book and a course called LinkedIn Mastery. Can you tell us a little bit about LinkedIn Mastery? Yeah, for it's a book. 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 It's
And then basically we, as LinkedIn Mastery for Entrepreneurs, as Personal Branding Mastery for Entrepreneurs, as Social Selling Mastery for Entrepreneurs, and the course is based on those three books. So there's uh, one course, two courses, three courses that you can actually take, and actually the way it goes through things like videos and instructions about how you can actually leverage LinkedIn yourself, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and actually giving you free content, also get access to me as well. So it's a great way of actually basically, if people can't afford our full-time services, for example, um, they basically can learn everything they can do about LinkedIn through my course, through my books, then decide whether they want to do it themselves going forwards or whether they want to employ us um, after that. Yep. Okay. And just for our audience uh, interests, do you need to be a, a business of a particular size or can you be a, a, a one-man show, a, a small to medium-sized business? Do you need to be a, a business of a particular size to, to benefit from LinkedIn or can anybody do it? I think anyone, I mean, personally, I think anyone can benefit from LinkedIn. I mean, it's all about um, your own personal branding to help you achieve your results. So if you want to be a keynote speaker, you want to be a best-selling author, you want to be a thought leader, you want to have a personal brand that people know when they Google you, and it's a good personal brand, you have mutual connections. But obviously it helps if you're the leader or CEO of a multinational, if you're CEO or founder of, an, of a small medium enterprise, a kind of small business, obviously that does matter, it does affect you because you're leading that organization. You're basically using your personal brand to certainly sell and generate leads. Yeah. So it's more logical that someone like you or I would use LinkedIn, for example, to market our companies, market our services through LinkedIn, but it would be, say, um, the MD of ANZ or the CEO of, uh, of kind of like someone like a, a big um, a brand like Combank or uh, any of your telcos, for example, because they don't need to sell it directly, but they do need it for employee branding and thought leadership and leadership issues. And many multinationals uh, overlook the importance of actually creating a personal brand for the leader in order to get people to actually then say, yes, I want to work for that man. I want to work for that woman. I want to work for that person. Yep. Yep. Okay, great. And, and um, so what sort of uh, tips would you give to people with regarding to their branding or their content? Are there any particular uh, suggestions or recommendations that you would provide? Oh, that's like that. I mean, the obvious one is the background picture. Many, many people don't have a background picture. And you kind of think, why aren't you having a background picture with the most expensive real estate in the world? You can charge fortune for that real estate. You don't have a background picture. Why aren't you using it? I, mean, I literally change mine on a weekly basis. So I view it as a billboard. I view it as a way of marketing our services, marketing my brand, marketing what we do. So I change all the time, telling people, I create awareness for our new products, create awareness for our brands. You're changing, it's constantly changing. So you should do the same thing. And of course, the professional photographs, and so we have professional photographs done in order to basically leverage that side of things as well and make sure that you actually look uh, professional when someone sees you. You don't have a Facebook photograph or weekend holiday photograph, uh, which looks very unprofessional. Then, of course, you have to do a summary section, which actually tells your story. And that's really, 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 really important. So, and then, of course, have a content marketing strategy as well. So, all these things come together to form a very good personal brand. Yep, absolutely. And um, just for the, the interest of the audience, in, in both your summary and experience section, you're allowed up to 2,000 characters. And yeah. Chris, I think you'll agree with me here that I, I highly recommend that people use as many of those characters as possible. And importantly, to have your contact details at the end of both your summary and experience sections, because you want to make it as easy as possible for people to be able to get in touch with you if they're interested in finding out further information from you. Definitely. Definitely yep. agree. Absolutely. And so you change your header image every week. Um, yeah, so no, two or three times a week, yes. Because again, you optimize again, it's marketing, it's sales. Yep. So if you're basically socially selling by, because that headline follows you everywhere on LinkedIn, so you have to have a compelling headline that tells 
people what you're doing now. So they, oh, I didn't know you did that. Oh, I didn't know you did that. And then basically then think, oh yeah, now I can talk to you about being a best-selling author or being a keynote speaker or being a social seller or having a content marketing plan or employer branding or master classes. And it's a great way of communicating what you actually do. It also gets picked up by the LinkedIn SEO. Search engine optimization is part of LinkedIn search. If you put a keyword in there, it gets found. If you don't put the keywords in there, it doesn't get found. So when you're talking about the keyword, are you, are you talking about in your name field or in the name of the header image? Yeah, the name, uh, the headline, the summary, the experience, uh, the content, everything. It all comes together. But your headline is very important in terms of the amount of times you use and the words you actually use. Yeah, yeah. And, and I see with your current uh, name field, you've got some information after your name about uh, your event coming up in July. Yes, and also you'll see I've got a little plane saying I'm going to Germany in a couple of weeks' time, I've got Switzerland in a couple of weeks' time, and then we've got a social selling event conference coming up in July, Marina Bay Sands here in Singapore. We're going to have 20 amazing speakers talking about social selling, all the different aspects of social selling, and that'll be absolutely fantastic. And so, yeah, using it to market different things like events, our best selling service, and where I'm going to be, and so forth as well. So, you're using it as a live way of actually marketing the services or marketing your personal brand or marketing your company. It certainly stands out. There's no doubt about that. That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, what about posting content? Uh, what would you suggest or recommend when it comes to posting content? Obviously, consistency is key. Uh, but are there any tips that you can provide the audience for posting of content? Yeah, it should be authentic. I mean, these days, authentic videos, authentic photographs, authentic posts um, really trump um, kind of curated or false, you know, basically just um, posts or just basically plastic posts, you just basically, you know, you put out there because it promotes the company, it doesn't really promote you. So it has to be authentic and it has to be like your personal brand, it has to be you giving an opinion. Yeah. It has to be you in the photograph or you in the video. That actually works. If not that, it needs to be a native video and it also needs to be something that's compelling and interesting to your peers. And it should follow the 411 rule, which is very much one hard sell post, one soft sell post. And four unrelated posts, which give you permission to do the hard sell posts. So if all you do is hard sell posts, it doesn't really work. Yes. Yep. That make that makes perfect sense. Um, that's that's very interesting. And and video is doing so well right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the the other question I'd like to ask you is on on your headline, uh, and this is quite extraordinary. You have eleven hundred LinkedIn recommendations. Uh, most people are, are struggling to get uh, 50 or 100 even. Uh, <laughs> can, can you share with us? Most people bit? don't ask. Derek, most people don't ask. Seriously, it's about asking people. If you don't ask people, they won't give it. So if you don't ask people, then don't surprise you. You've got like 10, 10 recommendations. Yep. You're always amazed at people who say, oh, yes, I'm really, really popular. I've got all my recommendations on my website. You go, I don't go to your website. I get your LinkedIn. You've got five on there. The last yep. one was 2013. No power there at all because your website basically no one's looking there for recommendations. You're looking at LinkedIn, you can click through the recommendation, you can ask them what it's like to deal with that person. It's that person in their own words saying how great you are. It's not just basically you saying how great you are. Yeah. That's the whole point. Basically, it's other people talking about you is much more powerful than you talking about yourself. Yep. Okay, and that, that, that's fantastic. That's quite an accomplishment that you've got there 1100 LinkedIn recommendations because those recommendations, as you know, are gold. Yeah. Definitely agree. 
Absolutely. And um, so social selling mastery and personal branding mastery, what can you tell us about both of those books that you've uh, recently published and become a bestseller for? I mean, they're all about, they're giving away all the tips and tricks about how to use LinkedIn to enhance your personal brand, to fill out your profile, to socially sell. Uh, and you're basically, you will learn to be able to do it yourself. Or you can decide that it's too much hassle, too much time, and you can maybe outsource it to our company, who we employ like 30 odd people, and Singapore who manage your profiles, and do your social selling, and do your content, do your videos, and do your lead generation through Sales Navigator. So it basically tells everyone what to do. It literally is as simple as that. So you can basically do it. And yourself, yep. or you can decide it's too much of a hard work and you can outsource it to us. Okay. Um, and that, that's one of the things that um, a lot of people in our audience, uh, at some stage, some of them will find is that uh, when it comes to working or managing your own LinkedIn, uh, sometimes it can be fairly labor intensive. It can take up a little yeah. bit of time. So having somebody else do it for you just saves you time and yeah. uh, you to concentrate on other things. Definitely. I mean, we always say to people, it's better for us to do the lead generation through LinkedIn. You go to the meetings than it is for you to have to do both. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, now, are there any particular uh, takeaways or suggestions that you could give to the audience of how they can get better results from their own LinkedIn efforts? I mean, the, the number one takeaway if you want to do lead generation is to upgrade to Sales Navigator team. Don't buy the normal premium service on LinkedIn because it's useless. And it has 10 times less functionality than uh, Sales Navigator team does. And even a recruiter has less functionality. So if you want to target people who are actually active on LinkedIn, you've said, please contact me on LinkedIn. If you want to target, create target lists on LinkedIn that generate leads for you on a daily basis. You want to use CoinGround to basically track who views your content, whether it's your recommendations or your case studies, or your white paper, or your video. You need to be on Sales Navigator team. So it's the best way of actually generating leads by targeting people who are actually active on LinkedIn. It's really, really important because you might not know that someone's active on LinkedIn to be using normal business premium uh, or recruiter, but on Sales Navigator, you can actually tell they're active. Yep, that's true. Yep. And uh, what, what would you suggest to people when it comes to their actual profile? Are there any particular ideas or pointers you can give them for their profile? Stand out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You don't have to have a mohawk, but you have to have a metaphorical mohawk. <laughs> I love that. I'll give you an example. There's Karen Jacobson, who's a keynote speaker in America, for example. And I first noticed her at a conference, and she came in um, because um, she came in at the back. She came in going, beep, 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 recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. And she's the voice of the GPS. So she brands herself the GPS girl. She's on three billion devices. <coughs> That's her USB. That's her mohawk. Right. Now, she didn't get paid that much for doing that, obviously, but she uses it as a point of difference to other keynote speakers, other coaches, other mentors, um, and she uses it to basically get problem performance and so forth because she's the GPS girl. And immediately, it's an icebreaker. People know who she is, and they start laughing and giggling. It makes her stand out. So she uses that to actually get stand out. So everyone, I believe, has got a metaphorical mohawk. Uh, Derek. So it's all about kind of what's yours, and then you bring it out, and then you basically sell your other parts to it. So I obviously have a mohawk, and I talk all the time about it, like you're being an icebreaker, and people recognize me in Sydney or Hong Kong or Shanghai or Singapore because of the mohawk. I'm the only guy who has a mohawk because he flies business class or you know, does a conference speech or walks into an event. It makes you stand out. So basically, you have to have somebody basically as an icebreaker. Someone goes, Oh, you're the GPS girl. Oh, you're the LinkedIn guy. Oh, you're the guy who climbs mountains, whatever it happens to be. It's all about rapport building and kind of empathy building and being able to talk to somebody. Yep, 
Yep. And I, I think when it comes to um, communicating with your audience, uh, one of the things that I recommend is to establish, build and nurture that relationship and, and try not to be too salesy because um, we all know that whenever we get that, that sales call, whether it's a telemarketer or, or whoever it might be, um, it turns us off pretty fast and, and we pretty much can't wait to get off the phone. Whereas if yeah. somebody builds that relationship with you, they're building that, that trust and rapport, that likability factor, which helps basically get that conversation started. Definitely right. Definitely right, Dave. Great point. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, so the, is there anything uh, apart from what you've given us that uh, you would suggest to the audience that uh, some takeaways that people should also... You know, takeaways do LinkedIn on a regular basis. So if you're basically using Facebook too much or YouTube, you basically cut back on those a few minutes every day and you get massive benefits by actually using LinkedIn on a regular basis. So if you just use the app, for example, in the morning or the afternoon, you're checking results, you're sharing, you're engaging, you're connecting, you have a personalized message. Now, these things will improve your search ability and will improve the algorithm even and LinkedIn will reward you as a result of it. So that actually give you benefits and kudos for actually doing this on LinkedIn. So it's just activeness. And people yeah. don't seem to realize just by being active on LinkedIn actually improves your search options. So don't complain about you being not being found by anybody if you don't actually use it on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. So to be consistent with your activity. Yeah, very much so. Yep, fantastic. All right, and um, Chris, if people in the audience would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way that they can go about that? Obviously, via your LinkedIn profile would be I one way. And, and, uh, <laughs> is, is there another way that uh, they can get in touch with you if they'd yeah, like to? Because I have open profiles, anyone can contact me with an open profile message for free, or you can basically write to me at chris at blackmarketing.com or on Skype at Black Marketing Global. So any of these are fantastic. You know, communicate with any way you want. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk about your, how we can help you on your LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, Chris, thank you very much to, uh, to for your time today. It's been a pleasure and an honour and a privilege to interview you. And uh, we appreciate uh, these insights that you've given us and, and our audience. And uh, we look forward to catching up and talking with you again soon. Thank you. Sounds fantastic, Dave. Thanks for interviewing me. All right.